Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the bat rails in your mouth. Woo! Bring them out, bring them out. 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 Bring Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast with your hosts, Zay, Young Vander, and Bro Joe. What's poppin', Fantasy Football Fiend family? And welcome back to the best new fantasy football podcast on the air, the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast presented to you by Manscaped. I'm your host, Zay. As always, I got my guys with me. Holla at the people, Young Vander. Fantasy Fiends, what's going on out there? And my guy, Bro Joe. Holla at them, bro. What's going on, Fantasy Fiend family? Epic show in store for you today. News and notes, rapid fire 10 and the week 14 preview where we give you your start sits, your DFS advice, all that kind of good stuff. Make sure you join us on Facebook at the Fantasy Football Fiend Family Facebook group. And if you need to get any information to us, Fantasy Football Fiend, F-E-I-N at Gmail for promos and advertising. Now let's go right ahead and hop into your news. And now your fantasy news. All right. So I think the biggest thing to hit the wire this week, Baker Mayfield to the Rams. There are a few different things that I'm looking at once this move has been made. The first thing that came to mind is they may just be trying to uh, make sure that their division rival 49ers didn't get them. The other thing that I thought about is this may mean that Stafford is a little bit more hurt than they were letting on. And uh, I know there was some scuttlebutt out there that he may mess around and miss the rest of the year with a combination of his health and where the team is right now, win-loss wise. But Baker Mayfield to the Rams. I honestly think that this could end up being the nail in his coffin. What I mean by that is if you can't make it work with Sean McVay, this will be the first situation that Baker's been in where the coach will be the one less likely to get fired than him. He's gotten like four or five coaches fired at this point in his career. I think this could literally be the end of his rope if he can't make it in that style of offense that's kind of prototypical for his skill set. What do you guys think about this move? This move for me, I think this is more of a next year move. Um, he's just going to be a good backup for Stafford next year. Uh, I don't know if they feel like they can really compete going into the end of this season. I think they're pretty much out of it. You know what I'm saying? I don't think he's no savior or anything like that. But I, I think it's just more of a move for next year. Even though they're not giving him a, an extension on the contract, the contract ends at the end of the season. Yeah, but at the same time, I mean, what's his value going to be? It's already dwindled. Oh, I agree. So he'll be able to sign. <laughs> I mean, I think he's better than Wofford and also better than the guy Perkins. So true. true. I think he'd just be a good backup for Stafford next year going into the next year. Because what other team is really going to spend for Baker at this point? So, well, I guess it depends on, you know, injuries and things of that nature in the offseason, too. Because who would have thought that anybody would have claimed them off of waivers after he done got but, traded then cut? Yeah, but this is, the, this is it. He's shown that yeah. he is who he is. So now they have the rights to him. It's so easy for him to say, hey, you're in L.A., why not? You know what I mean? So I don't see anything going after this. I mean, he, even if he's a free agent and try to test it, he's no more than a backup at this point. Well, I can agree with that. 
he can get them a compensatory pick. So they move on from him this year. I mean, after this season, they'll get a compensatory pick. When you talk about a team that just dumps all their draft picks, uh, they can get draft capital if they move away from him. Hell, they might end up just holding on to him until somebody gets hurt and trade him to a team just to get a pick. I mean, if you can pick him up for free off the waivers and get a and, and end up getting a pick for him, I mean, that, that sounds like, you know, the kind of moves that we make in Dynasty, you know, you've just been a, a little bit ahead of the crowd, you know. Ryan Tannehill was limited, was a limited participant in practice on Wednesday due to his ankle injury. Right now, there isn't indication that he's going to miss any time. Head coach Kyle Shanahan said on Wednesday that he is not optimistic about Jimmy G. There were some uh, rumors out there that maybe he could return for, you know, the playoffs or something like that. His coach is saying this injury is looking pretty bad now. That foot isn't going to be right. How do we feel about the future prognosis of Jimmy G at this point? This is it for Jimmy G. Even more so than Baker? Yeah. Well, no, Jimmy G will be able to land somewhere and get a starting gig next year. Okay. Okay. This is it for him as far as a 49er. I think that's pretty much it. I don't see it's going to be Trey Lance's team next year. Maybe the kid Purdy. Maybe he'll be the backup. Or they'll bring in Matt Ryan. Remember, I spoke on that. He'll be a guy that'll come in and, you know, get some veteran advice to him or whatever, something like that. But um, I think this is it for Jimmy G as a 49er. Who is the backup now to Purdy? Do they have a backup? I know he was a third string. Did, yeah. they, did they pick up anybody? Yeah, they just signed the nomad, Josh Johnson. You know what I'm saying? Who's probably oh, been on like nine okay. NFL teams. Yeah. Okay. So he now is the backup. And I, you know, it's so crazy about Josh, man. Like, I actually he like Josh. He don't play bad. Yeah, yeah, he don't play bad. <laughs> I actually like he Josh, just, man. But he, uh, but he's a he's mercenary a for hire, though. He he kind of he knows what he is. He can stay he, in this league, mind. man. He know how to stay in the league. So. Yeah, I agree. I agree for sure. Trevor Lawrence said that he sprained his left big toe. It's feeling pretty decent. He's not in any doubt for this week, but just something to monitor. Lamar Jackson isn't practicing. He's dealing with that knee injury. As of right now, it's looking like this is going to be a two to three week injury. How do we feel about Lamar's prognosis being that when he comes back, you're going to be kind of deep into the playoffs, uh, at least you know one or two weeks in, depending on when he comes back. Are we just going to put him right back in as normal if he is to come back in that short amount of time? Or is it going to kind of be playing Russian roulette with your playoff life? I think we got to err on the side of caution with this. I mean, realistically, if they can continue to win games, they're what, I feel like seven and four right now. They're still in the thick of the playoff spot. I think four, I believe. Eight and four. Here we go. I think he may actually get a chance to play, but what are we looking for when he has no weapons? You know, their whole offense is decimated by injury, so I wouldn't put too much bulk behind it. Now, on the other side of that, Huntley, with I believe six teams on by this week, if I'm not mistaken, several injuries on top of buys. How do you feel about Huntley this week and in the coming weeks as far as his chances of being in there and not messing up your, your playoffs if you got to use them in super flex or two QB? Single QB, you should have some other type of a pivot. But how are we feeling about Huntley? I like it. I think, you know, honestly, we've seen his body of work so far. I think Mark Andrews it helps out all the weapons. Mark Andrews in particular, who's been having down weeks. Uh, we've seen him matriculate the ball and just move it down the field. He can pat. He, he's Lamar when he's healthy, you know, in my personal opinion. Not as far as the dynamic upside, but his his uh, work of the offense and how much he understands it. I mean, you don't really skip too much of a beat with Huntley. We've seen him throw for almost 300 yards for quite a few times last season. Yeah, I like Huntley as well. And Joe kind of played on it. Andrews get a boost with this guy. It's crazy that Andrews played better last year with Huntley than he did with Lamar. And if you look at the, you know, going down the stretch, 
this is where Andrews kind of took the lead on as being the, you know the number one tight end last year. Like they have a really good connection. Even um we seen likely get in the deal last week as well, like four catches on four targets. I think that they may run a little bit more two tight end moving forward. Don't be surprised if likely get some work as well. The Texans are switching back to quarterback Davis Mills from quarterback Kyle Allen. For this game, this Sunday against the Cowboys, they haven't committed much further than that. But once you've already made the switch twice, I don't see going back to Kyle Allen yet again. I don't see Davis Mills being any better than he was before. And I really don't think it would have mattered whether it was Mills or Allen going up against the Cowboys. That defense is about to rip them a new one. (laughs) I don't see things working out well for Houston this week. But Davis Mills, in a pinch, is this somebody that we're going after? Would you start Mills over Huntley? Where exactly would he kind of rank in the pantheon of things? I know for some leagues, you know, you kind of get down to the nitty gritty with these quarterbacks, especially in Superflex and 2QB. So let's say, for instance, if you were in a Superflex and you kind of had to make a pivot. Are you starting Mills, or would you prefer to even start a wide receiver or running back over him? I want to say this nicely. Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> Mills. Hell no. Nah. Hell no. Nah. Do not do not play this dude, man, period. And he definitely don't play him over no Huntley. To be honest with you, I don't think it's a quarterback in the league that I'll play under Mills. And that goes for Russ. Wow. Not okay. playing right now. So I'd rather play Rustin Mills, Wofford, hell. Just don't play Mills, especially against this defense. Like it doesn't make sense. He's going to be on on the run for his life Sunday. We'll get into the other matchups as far as those two teams are concerned in a later segment. Let's go ahead and move on to the running backs. Christian McCaffrey was limited in practice due to a knee injury. Per Eric Branch of the San Francisco Chronicle, CMC's right on schedule for what he's been doing these last couple of years, and San Fran is right on schedule with particularly grabbing guys that have a higher level of injury concern. Is this just precautionary? Is CMC really going to be kind of held to the side until the games matter most, which right now it looks like they're going to be in the playoffs regardless. So it might be one of those cases where, like you were saying, you know, in past weeks that we're just going to kind of tinker with the Ferrari and make sure that it's right when we really need it come playoff time. And we're going to drive that Dodge Charger daily, which right now it looks like Mason is going to be his direct backup. But uh, what do we what are we seeing with McCaffrey right now? As far as the limited practice or whatever, it's just, you know, maintenance as usual. I don't really think they're going to really ease this. I think they're going to really drive this car, though. We see him get over 20 touches last week, and I don't think it's going to stop at this point. With Elijah Mitchell going down, Mason, those guys don't quite jump in that role, if that makes sense. They're not going to be Elijah Mitchell. They're going to be the backups, but they won't be Elijah Mitchell's style of a backup because the way Shanahan was running when Elijah Mitchell was in there, it's more like a co-starter. You see what I'm saying? Right, right. Even Elijah yeah. Mitchell was getting 15, 16, 17 touches in a game on top of whatever. He, he's actually getting more touches than McCaffrey. Now I think it's different. I think McCaffrey is going to get the full load. We probably just see more of Debo running the ball, if anything. Mm, I think okay. his carries a pickup, you know what I mean, something like that. But as far as Mason, those guys are just more like handcuffs at this point. I don't see them really, you know, really getting much, much attention. Josh Jacobs has a quad injury. He's listed as questionable for Thursday's game against the Rams. 
not really much more to go on, but he hasn't been held out of any games. He's been doing more than uh, most people expected at the beginning of the year so far to this point. He's kind of one of the bright spots for the Raiders at this moment. So I don't foresee him not being able to go, but he's questionable. I would say being questionable on a Wednesday versus being doubtful, definitely you know, kind of bodes well. We'll have to see how that ends up working out, but make sure that you do have a pivot if need be. DeAndre Swift, ankle injury, he was limited in practice, but they're indicating that he's going to be back to normal. My question with that is this, do you guys think that they slowly but surely begin to get that workload back to where it was when DeAndre Swift was getting the lion's share of the touches? Are they going to leave that thing right down the middle with Williams since how he's kind of been, you know, a breath of fresh air? It's kind of looking like Green Bay uh, made a mistake and they, they might have might have wanted to hold on to Williams instead of spending additional draft capital on Dylan. But that's just uh, my two cents on that. Where do we see this Swift and Williams split going? As of right now, we can continue to see it as 50-50. I think it really bodes well for DeAndre Swift as far as his use is involved. The outlier with Jamal is that once he gets into the red zone, is it's great. It's touchdown or bust with him in general. Let me take the, let me take back what I was gonna say. It's touchdown or bust. You look at many of the weeks, if he doesn't score a touchdown. He doesn't have any fantasy relevance. And he's not somebody that's going to get a big game. I think the last big game, the first big game in the main one of the season came when he had that 50-yard burner a few weeks ago. So if DeAndre can come to form, I think it's 50-50. And I think DeAndre can definitely merge himself back into the goal line and back to the red zone with his pass catching and elusiveness. Joe Mixon is back at practice. He was a full participant. So it looks like he's going to be over his concussion this week. All of you Joe Mixon owners, it looks like he's going to be good to go. Coach Pete Carroll said that Kenneth Walker III didn't take part in practice on Wednesday, but just the fact that he's commenting on the fact that he didn't take practice on Wednesday, kind of, I'm kind of leaning towards the fact that he may attempt to get some limited work in towards the latter parts of the week, which could mean that he may be back, even if in a limited role on this Sunday. So definitely something to monitor there as far as whether Walker is going to be able to go. Najee Harris had an oblique injury. He didn't practice. Deontay Foreman is still dealing with his foot and rib injuries. He didn't practice either. Now, this isn't a, well, I say it isn't an injury, but I can't exactly put my finger on what this is. The Saints running back Alvin Kamara, I don't know what the heck is going on with him. Um, he rushed 12 times to 26 yards and a week 13 loss to Tampa. He added two catches on three targets for 11 additional yards. I don't know if it's a product of what New Orleans is going through in general or what, but Kamara is not the guy that people drafted him to be. Mark Ingram is injured. It looks like he's going to be out for a few weeks, most likely the rest of the, the fantasy season. I don't know if you guys, if anyone was kind of dependent on him or not in a spot start, but I bring up his injury because now that means that Kamara should get a little bit more run. And I know it's strange to say, but they were damn near splitting carries this past week. I don't know what's going on with that backfield, but are you guys going to even attempt to trust Kamara during the playoffs? No, unless Sean Payne comes back. (laughs) So so basically, we think Kamara is a product of Peyton, and if without some type of a difference in offense or a different team, he's just not going to return to form. Yeah, I don't like him with Dennis. what Dennis Allen is doing with him. Okay, You look at his touches, the way they use them, that's not. People really didn't get their return on investment. 
with Kamara this year. He's one of the bigger disappointments this year. And it's not really due to him. You know, a lot of times you look at these players and they're just not playing well. I don't really think it's him. I don't think he's hurt. I don't think it's anything like that. It's just like they're not really put in position to make plays and they're not really giving him the right amount of touches. I mean, since Allen's not the answer, even though they have quarterback woes, that's part of the play as well. But unless Sean Payton comes through the door, no, I don't like Kamara moving forward at all. He don't have one good game this year. That's what it feels like. What's his ticket right now if you're trying to move him? What would you say would be a fair price? Or what what could you get for him right now that you think might actually be a little bit more than fair and you'd kind of be getting out in front of things? Whether it be wide receiver, whether it's a combination of a couple of younger maybe guys. One, maybe that, one of these younger running backs. Maybe one of these younger guys. That's think somebody will do it straight up, like maybe him for Pierce? Yeah, why not? I mean, because think would about you do especially it? in a yeah, in a dynasty, why not? Because I mean, hell, I know. I mean, I mean, on what end of the trade though? Like, if you were the one getting, I'll give him Camara. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, and maybe a low grade pick. You know what I'm saying? But I know for sure he's suspended for about six games next year. That's so true. not only he's not giving me anything this year, but going into right. next year, he's going to miss six games. So hell yeah. Right. Go ahead and move him now. Get you one of these younger studs that's coming along. Maybe you can trade for a hurt player like a Brees Hall. You see what I'm saying? Sometimes you have to play mm-hmm. like that. Like, oh, I got Kamara. Here right. you go. Oh, and you, you got this guy. He's looking at Brees Hall like, oh, he's in injured reserve. And he probably playing for something more this year. He'll take Kamara from you right now and because Brees Hall not giving him no points right now on this team. You feel me? Might be able to get Brees Hall and right. Michael Carter or something like that. I'll take Brees Hall straight up. No strings attached. I would too. But the thing about it is, is whenever I'm looking at a trade of this nature, I always ask for more than I'm willing to take because they're going to counter. So you, you got to have something that you can no, give out, no, that's of, your game. out of what you ask for. That's your game. All people don't counter. Somebody mm, just hit delete. Do. No, hell no, Zay. That's your thing. Trust me. Most mm. people do not counter trades. Most people just delete that shit and keep it going. They do not counter trades. They just play decline and just go on. They don't send nothing back. You may ask for a counter, and then they send one, but for them to naturally counter, that's more your thing where it's a natural thing. Like, okay, I see you want to do business. What about this? Most people don't think like that. Most people in fantasy and maybe Joe can contest this. They're going to hit decline and keep pushing. That's when it comes uh, to the play that I got to <laughs> ask another question. I mean, it's, it's a part of the job. I mean, like, I got to know where your level of comfortability is and whether or not I can stretch you because you may be willing to give up a little bit more than I was going to actually accept or vice versa. You may, in your mind, that price may be way higher than what I'm willing to go, but. I can't start out with the max that I'm willing to offer and hope that it's either a go or nothing at all. So that's kind of why I use that strategy. I agree with everything that we all said. I'm glad everybody kind of touched on it in a certain way. I think it's a good time to vantage point to buy low if you can get a a, a, run, a, a younger running back. But also, too, you have to think next year – that OC is not going to be there. The head coach was just a placeholder so they can get somebody else. And I think you're looking at a regime that's going to give this guy value. He's one of those people, and I'm quite sure we all can attest to this, he has to get 22 to 30 touches to fully really get himself into the game. Like we've seen him, he's a durable player. He's almost like a the Joe Mixons in the world that they need value, they need a ton of value. And I think the next person that comes into the organization is going to give them that type of value. So it might be a buy low for Dynasty too. On the other side, if you can't get somebody young like a Brees Hall to Vander's point, you know, buy low on what, all his lack of productivity in that offense. Yeah, I just think it's easier to trade for a hurt guy because a lot of guys that's holding the hurt guys, they want to score points in next week's game, in the playoffs, things like that. And they're not getting anything from none of these hurt guys. So that's why I say go for like a Brees Hall because he's injured. They're not getting anything for him right now. And they'll be more, I think, 
Yeah, I'll move him. For Kamara Hill, yeah, I'll move him. They're not thinking about next year. But you are. When those six games roll around, and now you got Brees Hall right. playing. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Because I, I swear I forgot about them six games. Like, I, I and, and See, just brought and that most, up. I right. And most people, and it's over a lot of people's heads right now. People live in the moment. Yeah, so you can go sure. ahead and look, you know what I'm saying, foreshadow. Especially if they need a body for the playoffs. Like, like Bingo. The, the name of Kamara right. screams minimally flex. And right. if you have a running back issues, then, I mean, yeah, I, I can see that. And, and they it. may be having running back issues based on the fact that one of their best running backs is hurt. So right. Makes sense. Makes sense. Let's run through the wide receivers right quick. Now, the biggest news as far as wide receivers is concerned this week, the Cowboys have concerns about Odell Beckham Jr.'s need that he won't be ready to play when it's going to matter the most to them. And now they've kind of cooled off on signing him. He ended up leaving Dallas with no contract being offered. Is this just Jerry Jones playing hardball or does he have a, a valid point? I guess the way I'm looking at it is if you get him in the fold now, regardless of what he's able to do this year, your team will be right where it needs to be. Worst case scenario next year and you're getting him at a discount versus attempting to go bite the apple again in the offseason when he has healed completely. What's your guys' outlook going forward on Beckham? I also saw something saying that after he left Dallas, the Eagles decided that they wanted to go ahead and try to get involved in the sweepstakes as well. I don't know if this is just a tit-for-tat type of a thing where, you know, the Eagles are trying to get a one-up on their division foe or what. But what you guys got on this one? Yeah, well, OBJ, I think it's just the reality. Like, he's these injuries have just piled up and he he re-injured the same ACL he was coming back from from the last time. I mean, they knew smart. that before all these teams started trying to get him to come in though. I mean, everybody knew he, how many times he done got hurt. I don't know. It's like you keep pestering the girl to go out on a date with you and then once she finally says, yeah, I got on the date, it's like, oh, your breath stinks. You've been having all your players and everybody court this dude, and once you get him in the building, you're like, "Oh, you hurt." You knew he was hurt before, like that. I don't know. But it's the thing, though. As far as as far as timelines, and I want to let Vander speak to this too. We've seen miraculously he comes back from these injuries next season, and he's close to form. You know, this is the the reality. Like this one, I think here is a very significant injury. I think it's I don't say, I'm not saying irreparable, but we're not going to see a prolific Beckham going forward, and he wants. A lengthier contract. He doesn't just want a one-year deal. Yeah, I think looking, he probably want two to three years. Right. That's the, that's hard to put stock into. And you just gave Gallup money, who literally did the same thing. It's kind of both with Jerry. It's one of those things where, of course, it's true about you know his injury history and things of that nature. But again, Jerry don't want to pay nobody. At least not this guy. Like you said, he's it's more of a risk. People don't want to do more long term. People want to give you the one year deal and see what you got. And that's what Odell need to face. Like this is what he's going to be up against. I mean, he played decent in the Super Bowl before he got hurt. Played pretty good last year, but he didn't quite do enough to earn this deal that he think he's looking for. Like he didn't do enough. You know what I'm saying? In my opinion, um, you only played seven games in 2020 in Cleveland, and last year you got hurt. You didn't play a full complement. A whole season since 2019. People are not gonna just give you two, three years, twelve million dollars a year. Like it's not working like that, bro. So you're gonna have to go out there and play for this low, maybe one year, five million, one of them type contracts. Like I don't see nobody paying any too much more than that. And he, and he is a freak, you know. He's gifted. He usually come back, like Joe says, pretty quickly from his injuries and things like. But you're 30. You're on the other side right now. You're coming down the hill, going down the other way. So if he was 23, it'd be different. At this point, try to win, I guess. I'll just take the most money that's out there. But I don't think nobody's offering no multi-year deal. I definitely would look, wouldn't look a gift horse in the mouth if I'm back. 
this might end up being your last contract. And if you have your ass on your shoulders, you might not get a contract at all. People are willing to walk away from wide receivers at this point. It's a new batch coming out and it's the most plentiful position. You know, hey, just something to keep in mind. Few injuries to go over. Jalen Waddle is still dealing with the fibula injury. He was limited in practice on Wednesday. He wasn't able to go for a good bit of the game last week. And then he was kind of the parts of the game that he was able to be in. He wasn't himself. Definitely something to monitor. Debo still dealing with his quad injury, limited in practice. Kadarius Tony is back in practice. He was limited, but he's coming back from that hamstring injury. Jerry Judy was limited in practice, coming back from the ankle injury. So was Mike Williams of the Chargers, uh, limited in practice. But again, the fact that they are going even limited on a Wednesday does kind of bode well. The two that I have the most, I would say, concern about are Kadarius Tony and Mike Williams. And I'm trying to get a feel for, I know a lot of people, either week 14 for most or one or two things doesn't matter at all, or it's going to be the determining factor of you getting into the playoffs or not. So we really can't have the missteps this week for a lot of people. Would you trust Tony or Mike Williams if they are available to go this week? or? Are we going to kind of want to see them get in a, at least a week before we put any stock into their chances of producing? At this point, I think it just depends on what you got. I mean, it's depending on what you've done because right now you got like the Packers for guys, maybe a Christian Watson owners, he's on the buy, so you don't have him. Yeah, we got six teams on the buy. You know what I mean? There's a lot of guys, so it depends. There's not much much left on the waiver at this point. So, of course, I think you got to play these guys that they're playing unless you feel comfortable playing Agnew, <laughs> guys like that. You know what I'm saying? That's going to be on your fridge list there's not much talent on your free agent list and if you have guys on your bench maybe like uh george pickens right are you gonna play george pickens or mike williams you know what i mean so hmm. you're gonna now, be see, facing that's a whole other conversation because right. pickens that's only a... got two targets last week right. and i was about as pissed off as he was right. <laughs> i don't know if you saw that clip where he was walking off the field um throw me the effing ball like i mean two two targets for this guy like, that, boy, that boy good man like he better than good he <laughs> could be one of them yeah, he, he, he two targets ain't it, bro. Yeah, he like, is two targets is not it. I'm sorry. And I watch a couple of Steelers games. He be missing them. Like a lot of times he yeah. be missing them. But at least he tar- – I mean, I would rather you miss me and target me than only give me two targets. I mean, damn. Two targets? Yeah. It's yeah. four quarters. I mean, god damn. Uh, Traylon Burks, he did not practice. Uh, this is a guy that some people pivoted to from other injuries. Do we have any inkling at all that he'll go this week? Or is that a hard pivot there? And you need to find somebody else and not even be optimistic about his chances. I mean, for, for him to be coming on, it kind of sucked that he dealt with uh, this injury. Uh, I would honestly pivot. I mean, this offense uh, is now going through him. He's starting to uh, get an uptick in his usage as far as his involvement in the offense. But if you can spare, I mean, I would, I would say pivot to someone else. I mean, you kind of need him to be in the right uh, scenario to kind of really truly pay dividends. And with him, we've seen him deal with lapses of having injury. It could be somewhat of a setback, in my personal opinion. Uh, he's a great player, but he's fired with several injuries, even going back to training camp when <laughs> we was uh, counting them out then. Broncos head coach Nathaniel Hackett said that Sutton has a hamstring injury. He didn't practice Wednesday and it's not looking good for Sunday. So for a head coach to kind of put that out there this early in the week, I'm going to take his word for it. And in all honesty, you know, if you were depending on Sutton or anyone in Denver's offense, other than maybe 
Dochich has been the only one that's kind of gotten any consistency when he wasn't injured, that is. So just another injury to take a look at there. Uh, Rondell Moore still has a growing issue. He didn't practice at all, not even in a limited fashion. So that may end up being another guy that's out a little bit of additional time. Lastly, wrapping up the news with the tight ends, David Njoku is practicing and is looking good in practice. Now, Darren Waller is supposedly probable for week 15. This is significant because in the landscape of tight end, it's difficult enough to find just a body that you can attempt to trust. If he's out there, do we start him in the playoffs just based on limited options at tight end or do we steer clear? And he may also be someone even in redraft that could possibly be on the waiver seeing as how he hasn't played much. So are we possibly targeting him if he's available? Uh, I'm going to wait and see, honestly, man. It's not like he's been doing a whole lot when he was healthy, to be honest. And, and I'm just probably going to be in a rapid fire as well. But there's a lot of guys I think I would rather play than play him. And it's going to be one of those things, the names over the production. And I think this is one of those right. times where you need to choose the, the production over the name. The name holds weight, but from what he's been showing you thus far and now coming back off of a, a long injury, I'm not comfortable just putting him in there. Because this week is must win for many guys. Right. Every point going right. to count. Absolutely. So Sometimes the floor point. matters more than the ceiling. Yeah, you're when you're on the every plus point this week. Nah, not for me. Lastly, with tight end, Hayden Hurst is still dealing with his calf injury, and it's not looking like he's going to be able to go this week, but that is still the situation to monitor. But um, yeah, Hayden Hurst with a calf, another, just another tight end with an injury. So one of the guys that you may have pivoted to, you may have to now pivot from. But that about wraps up the news. Let's go ahead and hop into Rapid Fire 10. And now... Rapid Fire 10. 10 quick questions, 10 quick answers. All right, man. Rapid Fire 10, man. We got 10 quick questions. We need 10 quick answers. People want to know, who do I start for this week? Playoffs are around the corner. Start next week for a lot of guys. So let's get into it. Let's stay here with the tight end. And this is depending on Darren Waller. If playing, do you play Darren Waller or Greg Dolchich? I think I'm going to have to roll with Dolchich just because it looks like Wilson has chosen him as his go-to. So especially if you're in PPR, he doesn't even have the score to give you a decent week. I said Dolchich as well. Juju Smith-Schuster, or we got Marquise Brown? I think I'm going to have to go with Juju based on matchup. I mean, I know New England hasn't been as good as they have been in the past as far as defense is concerned, but I, I'll, I'll go for the the easier matchup. I like this one because it's, it's really a tough question. I would guess I'll lean with Juju as well, but I think Marquise Brown is going to definitely uh, get busy on New England. We got my guy, George Pickens, or Donovan Peoples-Jones. And they are both good matchups too. I think uh, Pickens, though. I'm a a lean Pickens. I got to go Pickens. Since his defense is actually a little bit better than than what people think, with Cleveland struggling on offense last week against Houston, they could do the same again this week against Cincy. We got a a defensive question. Do I play the Seattle Seahawks or do I play the Kansas City Chiefs? (laughs) That's a good one, too. I'm going to lean, though. I'm going to lean Kansas City. I think this is a favorable matchup, and I think this game can get definitely get out of hand relatively quick by the half. 
I think that leaves opportunities for the defense in the second half to limit this team. They don't like to score. I think they only score with 17 points a game. Yeah, I'm going to lean towards Kansas City. Uh, Denver, they just can't get right. Also, whenever I'm looking at defenses, I do kind of lean towards what Vegas has to say. Kansas City, Denver has a nine and a half point spread. Carolina, Seattle has a three and a half point spread. And it's only a one point difference in the over under. So, yeah, give, give me the one that Vegas is saying should be a slaughter. I'll take that defense. All right, we got Zonovan Knight or Cam Akers. Give me Cam. Yeah, I'm going to go with Cam. I saw something saying that Carter's was a full participant in practice today. So he's going back to being the 1A, even if they end up sharing. So I don't see him getting the same production without the load. We got James Cook or Kareem Hunt. Damn, that's a good one. Give me James. He, he's the starter. He, he, it looks like he's taking over. We don't know what Hunt might get. Yeah, I like James too. Russell Wilson or Brock Purdy? <laughs> Give me Purdy. 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 This is crazy. Purdy. Every week is it's <laughs> Russell. It's Russell versus somebody. <laughs> Purdy, Man. Purdy, Purdy. Yeah. Right. The only person I wouldn't pick in that one would be Davis Mills, just so we're clear. All right, we got Deshaun Watson or Mac Jones. Uh Give me Deshaun. I think Deshaun will get a little bit better. I think I'm going to go with Mac Jones. Arizona's defense will give up some points here and there. So I think I'm going to give Watson one more week to kind of acclimate. We got Nico Collins or Pat Firemuth. Give me Firemuth. He all right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Firemuth. And last but not least, Leonard Fournette or Rashad White? Damn. Mm. Damn, it's a, that's a good one. Give me Leonard. I'll take Leonard Fournette, but I'm not saying that boastfully. I edge it. I'm a kind of push. The reason I say that is it's going to be league dependent. If we talking PPR, give me White. If we talking standard, give me Fournette. Right, right. And a bonus, DeAndre Swift or Jamal Williams. Mm, Okay, okay. Um. I think this is, again, going to be one of those standard versus PPR because Swift is going to get a lot of catches out of the backfield. So I want some of that if I'm in PPR. But I think Williams is the one most likely to score, and one of the two of them will score. This is one of the highest over-unders of the week at 52.5. If both of them don't score, uh, one of the two will definitely. And I think that's most likely Williams. What you said, Joe, I didn't hear yours. Oh, yeah, I was going with Swift. All right, so that concludes our Rapid Fire 10. Rapid Fire 10. All right, good people. So we have several matchups to talk about. Six less than normal due to the bi-week apocalypse. Make sure that you check your lineups. Um, I know sometimes we get into autopilot around this time of the year, but just make sure that everything is good to go, especially on those deeper lineups. But let's start out with Vegas versus Los Angeles. This is going to be the Thursday game. This one has a 43 and a half point over under and the Rams are getting six and a half point. Vander, what you got on this one? <laughs> Start the Los Angeles Raiders. My DFS players, of course, would you're going to have to pay for them, but it probably would be uh, Josh Jacobs. Man, I mean, you start, you just start your studs as far as Vegas. And I think you sit most of your uh, Rams, because, I mean, the crazy thing about it is last week's game, we went into a thing and Kyron Williams was going to be the guy because he got like 70% of the snaps here the week before, and then he comes out next week and don't get nothing. Facts. So don't get caught up in that thing trying to trying to guess and trying to figure these coaches' heads out. So I wouldn't you know, wouldn't mess with the backfield at all because we don't know if it's going to be Kyron this week or is it going to be Cam this week. 
we don't even know who the quarterback is. Is it going to be Perkins? Is it going to be Wofford? So they even said that it was a possibility that Baker Mayfield might uh, start. See, see what I'm saying? And, and how many plays is he going to have in his pocket? Two. It's going to be like playing that old techno. <laughs> it's going to be like playing that old techno bowl. Where it's like right. Two runs and two pass plays. Pick one. You know what I mean? So, nah, just just sit the whole uh, Rams team if they on your on your roster. The Jets are going up against the Bills. This is a 44-point over-under, and this is a nine-and-a-half-point spread with the Jets getting the points. The first thing I'll say, take the points. Um, outside of that, Joe, what you got on this matchup for fantasy? I think this is a, a really good spot. I think, um, believe it or not, I actually like Diggs, man. Diggs is somebody, because um, I'm a definitely, as far as even betting, I'm going to take that anytime touchdown. I know he's going against Sauce. I know this team has been doing relatively well, but Buffalo's defense is definitely going to show up, and I think Mike Williams, Mike White, is definitely going to get a, um, a nice dose of reality. They've been getting healthier and healthier, and we've been seeing it. They've been putting teams away um, relatively qu- uh, quickly. And going back to your point you made earlier, James Cook is a phenomenal man. He's definitely doing his thing. I think him and Singletary and that dose of uh, uh, Josh Allen is going to be serviceable enough, but. Yeah, it's going to be a great matchup. Cleveland versus Cincinnati is a 47-point over-under. And since it's Cleveland, excuse me, is getting the points, what you got on this one, Vandy? This is a funny game. <laughs> as far as uh, you start, uh, the Bengals, just run those guys out there. Um, I think you should sit um, Deshaun Watson. I don't think he's ready yet. Um, I also will sit uh, Nick Chubb this game. I don't think he'll be You know what I mean? I mean, as far as – not sit them guys like you guys that's listening. Don't not play the guy. I mean, for as like, you know, temporary expectations for him. We talking about like a DFS. He would be a guy that I would not want to play because of his cost. He's going to be very expensive. I think you can find more value at that position is what I'm saying. But the the, the starts would be, of course, uh, Chase. And it's the Bengals as, as a whole for me. You start uh, you, you starting Joe Mixon this week, right? 100%. Houston versus Dallas is a 45 and a half point over under. This may be one of the largest spreads I've seen in a while, but it's 16 and a half. And I think Dallas will probably cover it. Um, <laughs> what, we, what we got on this one, Joe? <laughs> I, I, why I get this game? <laughs> um, all seriousness, this is going to be abuse. This is going to be facts. <laughs> facts. I mean, you know, lock in Zeke, lock in Pollard. Lamb is about to go crazy. The whole offense of Cowboys, there's nothing to look forward to on the other side of the ball. Uh, Collins is still questionable, even if he can't go. This is about – I think they're going to have six, seven sacks, and I ain't thinking that's – I think that's before the third quarter. They're going to dismantle this team. Do you start Pierce? If you don't have any other options, obviously you got to do what you got to do, but would you pivot away from Pierce if you had comparable options this week? I think so. I think everybody, and we've seen it the last four weeks. They already know the game. They're gonna start. They're gonna minimize Pierce, and they and that's it. They, they've been stopping him the last four weeks. It's not that he's not a good back, but again, everybody know the recipe is to minimize him. He gets a lick of daylight, and he's gone. So they're gonna focus on him because they don't have nothing to worry about as far as Mills. Minnesota going up against Detroit. This is a fifty-two and a half point over/under, one of the highest of the week. Only a two and a half point spread. Those points are going to Minnesota, believe it or not. What we like in this one, Vander? I like everybody in this game on both sides. I think this is kind of like the game I spoke of last week with Detroit versus Jacksonville. I think it's going to be a very, very, very high scoring game. 
Amon St. Brown, he probably will continue to, to raise terror on these guys on the league. Swift, Jamal, I like Davin Cook, like everybody. I don't sit don't sit nobody in this game. But especially DFS play, the return, the revenge, the payback, Hawkinson. Get him in your lineup, man. Mm, he's gonna get yeah, slow I love team, it. I love and it. he's gonna be out for blood. Philly is going up against the Giants. This is a 44 and a half point over under. The Giants are getting seven points. Who we starting? Who we sitting? What's your DFS play in this one, Joe? I'm going to call it how it is. I think the Eagles, if the Eagles have a chance to really put that defense back on now, they got Jordan Davis. This is the most opportune time with an anemic a wide receiver group for the Giants. I'm definitely starting AJ. I think AJ is going to have another good game. You got to start all your receivers. You know, you got to start Devontae. You got to start AJ Brown. I think Goddard comes back 15, so he's not in the fold. Yeah, they said that he might be – that he he's probable for week 15. Yeah, Miles Sanders is definitely a go. Uh, as far as the Giants, this ain't no time. I, I would pivot – if I had to be really temper my expectations, similar to what Vander alluded to earlier in his matchup, it's Barkley. I mean, they, the dogs is back. The dogs is out there this week, even without Robert Quinn. They, they didn't have him anyway before, but now he's especially – it's going to be a, a sack show. That's a, this is another good game where I think the Eagles probably get five or six sacks easy on this anemic offense. The divisional matchup of Baltimore versus Pittsburgh is one of the lowest over-unders of the week at 37 points. Baltimore is getting two and a half. Do we think that Vegas has this about right or way wrong as far as the amount of points that are going to be put up? And does that also mean that we might want to pivot away from this game fantasy wise because there's not going to very there's not going to be very much there to feast on, if you will. What, what you got on this one, Vander? I, I kind of like this game for certain guys. Um, my DFS play would be Huntley, the QB. He's really cheap. He's going to give you the you know points from the legs as well as the arm. Um, I love Andrews in this game. I think you should pair him if you play the two. If you come play Huntley, uh, play Andrews with him. It's, Pittsburgh is so tricky, man, because the games that you expect them to do well in, they don't do offensively. You definitely want to sit Najee Harris this game against Baltimore. He shouldn't do anything. And I'm going to say start George Pickens. You know, sometimes when you see the, the, the cry the week before, the week after, they make it a known to everybody in their state and we're getting you the ball. You know what I'm saying? It's one of those things. Squeaky wheel gets the grease. Correct. You know what yeah. I mean? So I think we'll try to definitely get on the ball early and often. His target should be up uh, because, I mean, it's not like he's just pouting for no reason. Like, the dude, he's open. Like, he's <laughs> like he's there. Two you know targets. You're damn right uh, he wasn't pouting for no reason. So, I think they're going to definitely make a, an effort to get him the ball. So, I would like to start pickings and, and, uh, and for my, for my, in my league. Next matchup, we got Jacksonville versus Tennessee. This is a 41-point over-under. Jacksonville's getting four points. Who you liking this one, Joe? Man, this is gonna be a really good game. Not because I like the the quarterbacks, but just they just always play them play really good, close to the a really good game. Most notably, I think if we had to go whether it's DFS or in, in general, Christian Kirk, man, this this dude is is back as far as his productivity. He's been really inconsistent, so I don't want to think that he's going to implode. You really got to kind of ride the hands with the targets he's been getting. He's been amassing so many targets, you have to start him. I think, obviously, we got to start Henry. Henry's going to be Henry. He loves Jacksonville. like that. <laughs> That's the one game he always looked forward to is definitely Jacksonville. In regards to who else is on the Jaguars, 
I might say this, and this is a tough defense. I, I, I think it's some room for us to start talking about ETN relative to have being productive again. Again, a close game like this, he's he's going to have to do something dynamic to really set the tone and keep the ball away from an offense that's not afraid to put it in Derrick Henry's chest or close to 30 carries a game. So I think ETN might have some value too. I love Zay Jones in this game as well against that Tennessee secondary, especially when you're talking DFS. I'm one of the lower-priced wide receivers that can definitely give you production above the price that you paid for him. Um, Kansas City is going to be going up against Denver. This is a 43-point over-under, nine-and-a-half-point spread. I love Kansas City side of the ball. Pacheco, Kelsey, Juju, obviously Patty. On Denver side, I like Dochich. That's about it. What you got on this one, Vandy? Sid Russell Wilson. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> we definitely you start. can cut them at this point. I mean, like, I'm, there's no way I'm starting them in the playoffs. Yeah, you, you start uh, you start your cheese per usual. I think that, you know, Pat Mahomes, they'll bounce back and have a good game here. Let me ask you a quick question then. What's that? Would you play Pacheco or Pollard? Oh, Pollard, for sure. Okay. For sure. <laughs> okay. That, uh, that Dallas – just based on the fact that I think Dallas is going to be way up, mm-hmm. I can see Pollard getting more run than anybody in the latter part of that game. But the thing that could mess around and hurt a few people is the fact is if they are way up, do they mess around and sit everybody in the fourth quarter like they did the last game that they were way up? Because all of those offensive players really could have went off if they had played the full game. So that's mm-hmm. that could be a worry. That's a phenomenal question too to, to pose something like that. Um, I I would lean more so Pacheco. Um, I think what we've been we follow the pattern of consistency. Andy Reid really wants to find out what he has in this kid. He's not afraid to give him access of access of uh, carries. I think one thing that we've seen from Pollard that is is actually true about Pacheco. This kid can take it to the house. I think, you know, a lot of people under, you know, because he's been getting like the 15s a little bit every so often, the eight yard carries. No, this kid is has breakaway speed um, and he, he has that upside. And like I said, they're going to keep feeding him the ball and making sure he's getting those touches. Carolina's going to be going up against Seattle. This is a 44 point over under and a three and a half point spread with Carolina getting the three and a half. What are we feeling with this? Uh, the, well, Deontay Foreman is supposed to be dealing with an injury. If he wasn't, I would definitely love him against the Seattle run defense, but I guess we'll just kind of have to monitor that situation. He, he expects to play. He de- okay, perfect. So he's, against he Seattle, I'm starting he, Yeah, he came out and said he's 95% certain he'll play. Okay, cool. I can roll with that. I, I'm, I'm starting him against Seattle for sure. I don't really feel comfortable with anybody else in Carolina, to be honest with you. DJ Moore, man, if he got the most opportune time to wake up, I know Wallen is doing a great job. Even our other cornerback is doing a great job. But we've seen time and time again, DJ Moore is going to find a way to, to get something. He, what's that that phrase? I'm going to leave here with something. And uh, that's that's DJ Moore mentality. And he's the only receiver of notice besides Terrence Marshall. But everybody knows what type of game this is. On the other side, honestly, I think it's going to be a close matchup, but you have to go with Gino. You have to ride with Metcalf uh, as well as Lockett. 
but if we just need somebody who um to be more serviceable i like god i, th- I like good one if we're like you're looking for like a, a kind of a play to kind of sprinkle on dfs to kind of make room for somebody carolina secondary is really good they're a really talented group and I think they're going to understand the assignment when it comes to those two receivers. And I think Goodwin has, has been showing that he has that ability as a third receiver to have the opportunity that he gets the looks. He'll have to pay it off in a, a game that's going to be fairly close until the second half, in my opinion. So I think he's a, a good player if you need to make room for someone to get in all those great players in this weekend. Tampa Bay is going to be going up against San Francisco. This one is tied for the lowest over under at 37. Tampa Bay is going to be getting three and a half points. As far as I'm concerned, I don't want to start anybody on Tampa Bay if I if I don't have to. San Francisco's defense is for real, and Tampa Bay has struggled against much lesser defenses. Wurtz is out. There's several injuries that they got to deal with as far as the offensive line is concerned, and this isn't the team to have offensive line problems against and think that you're going to come out on the other side. As far as San Fran is concerned, I think CMC will – He'll be a back-end RB1, front-end RB2. I don't think he goes off in this one. And I don't really know what to expect from Purdy this week, being that he's going up against a formidable secondary. So I kind of feel the same way Vegas does as far as the over-under is concerned. There's not going to be a whole lot of points to be scored in this one. I couldn't agree with you on this. Um, I'm definitely sitting any running back from a Tampa Bay Bucks. There's White and uh, Fournette. That would be my sits. So my fantasy start in this game, man, I guess it would be CMC. Well, no, no, I don't want to play CMC this game. It'll probably be Debo Samuel, you know, because, you know, see, Tampa Bay, well, when he was in Carolina, they always played well against McCaffrey for some reason. Um, I know it's a different scheme. I'm going to put my expectations on him against Tampa Bay. Their defense is really good, too. And it's a reason why this game happened to be the lowest scorer, because I think this is going to be exactly. a dog fight. You know what I mean? So. It's a dogfight. You already got a third-string quarterback start for one side and a 50-year-old on the other side. So I think it's just going to be – honestly, I'm not a fan of anybody in this game as far as a start. To be honest. I wouldn't feel comfortable with anybody as a start in this game. So everybody's a sit for me. This is going to be a really, really good f- football game. I don't think it's a good fantasy right. game, but I think it's exactly. a good, good football game. I, it's definitely a game that I want to watch, but I, I don't want to st- – I'll start the San Francisco defense. I'll do that. But outside of that, nah. Miami going up against the Chargers. This is a 51 and a half point over under, I believe, the second highest of the week. I foresee fireworks on this one. The spread is only uh, three points. Chargers are getting that three. What do you like in this one, Joe? Man, I think it's going to be a good game, but Miami about to put the slacking on them, even even if they don't have a waddle as a go. I think right now, without Mike Williams, uh, we've seen, yeah, um, the young man step up in place of him, but he's been humbled this past week. Um, and I think, honestly, with the offense is explosive. Talking about Palmer? Yeah, Palmer. Yeah, you can't trust him or DeAndre uh, Carter, in my opinion, in this matchup because we already know that this secondary, even though it's only as illustrious as Xavier Howard, they still have Byron Jones. They still have a great slot corner. And it's quickly if they're going to run up this score – We've seen the Chargers not be able to come back from deficit this entire season. Keeney Allen, though, is a, a, a solid play, but I don't look at him to pull up something crazy. But Eckler is he doing he's doing everything. He's literally trying to put the team on his back. What he's doing uh, receiving, trying to make happen on the ground. So I love uh, Eckler. On the other side of it, man, I'm so mad I didn't start uh, Sherifffield, man. You got to run him back. <laughs> got to run him back this week as far as he was the choice last week for me. 
I'm a running back this week, and we know Tyreek is Tyreek. I think Gasecki, even though it's, it's a three-way toss-up between Hunter Hunt Long, uh, Smythe, and Gasecki, Gasecki has to be someone that we have to look at the big play today as well, and also Tua. Last matchup is New England versus Arizona. This is a 44.5 point over under. Only a point and a half going to Arizona in this one. How do we feel about this matchup, Vander? Is this uh, uh, one that you want to stay away from? Uh, Stevenson didn't really do as much as we thought he could do last week. Harris should be back this week. As far as Arizona is concerned, other than Ertz, the majority of their guys are going to be going more, probably won't go. But what we got on this one? This, for me, man, is another one of those good football games, but not good fantasy games. The one guy I do like in this game is a start will be the tight end, Hunter Henry. I think he's a great start and an excellent DFS play, uh, being that um, Arizona's one of the worst teams in the league against the tight end. So I definitely think Hunter Henry is probably my favorite out of everyone in this um, this matchup. Bill Belichick, of course, is going to probably try to take D-hop out of the game. Their run defense is naturally probably going to limit Connor. Uh, so I'm just not a fan of their offense going into this Arizona, that is, against this Patriots defense. With that being said, for offensively, of the Patriots, Stevenson is a great play, I think, as well. So I like probably Stevenson and uh, Henry in this matchup. But everybody else, I'm kind of going to just uh, kind of stay away from. How you feeling about um, Hopkins and Hollywood in this one? Again, I think Bill is going to take Hop out of the game. That that corner, Jones, Yeah, he's solid. He's playing really good as well this season. And um, so I, I think he's going to be taken out of it. Um, I think Hollywood probably be the guy to do okay. I just don't know how, how going he's going to get as well. I just think the passing game is all together is going to be turned down a little bit. You're going to have Matthew Judon coming for him. Um, <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> I, I just don't think this is going to be one of them games offensively for Arizona. And that pretty much wraps up the show for this week. Make sure you guys remember that starting next week, we do go down to one show per week versus two. We will make sure that we get you right for the week to come and your lineups, your DFS. We'll definitely still have the live show on Sunday at noon. Make sure you join us on Facebook at the Fantasy Football Fiend Family Facebook group so we can get your individual questions asked and answered. That's going to definitely be more so important as we go into the playoff portion of the year. And then after the playoffs, we'll start to focus a little bit more so on dynasty and things of that nature. So we can make sure that we are getting you right for your rookies and you're making the moves that are going to be necessary to be good to go for next year, such as Vander brought up the fact that Kamara is going to have a six game suspension and he isn't necessarily looking the best in the moment. So there'll be some different things that you benefit from and definitely increase your level of expertise. So make sure that you stick with us and we'll make sure that you keep getting the wins. But for now, we out.